Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the Wealth Journal podcast with me, Jay Hardy. It is the 23rd of December, which means that, of course, it is the Wealth Journal Christmas special. What makes it special, I hear you ask? Well, for one, the Wealth Journal is special. We know this. We know this to be true. And yes, of course, it is Christmas. And that's pretty much it, let's face it. Finance isn't the most Christmassy of topics. But before we do dive into the Wealth Journal this week, it is important to know that I am not a financial advisor. The Wealth Journal is here for purely educational and entertainment purposes only. And if you would like investment advice, please seek this out from a financial advisor or financial professional. Now, with that out of the way, let's get Christmas cracking. Guys, did you hear that mix then at the start of the podcast? I mean, I've gone from just an average guy this year to not only, not only just a podcaster, but now a record producer. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, let's get cracking with the first point in my world journal this week. And point one is, it was a crazy week for me. I'm not going to lie. I have had a very much a turbulent week when it came or when it comes to investing And this comes as a bit of a surprise because last week on the podcast, I said that my plan until the end of the year was to not invest for the remainder of 2021. I think most of you will remember me saying that. I bought some Bitcoin during the last dip and I said that was it. And my plan was just to stick to that plan and not invest. However, Adidas announced that they would be launching their NFT. Now, Adidas had already partnered with the hugely successful Bored Ape Yacht Club, which is a a, a massive sort of NFT movement, if you like, and purchased their own Bored Ape a few months back called Indio Hertz, and he's wearing, now wearing, an Adidas yellow tracksuit. They also partnered with uh, Punks Comics, who featured Indigo on one of the um, one of their recent covers, and G Money, who's a pseudonymous crypto enthusiast, who's also I think he's been consulting Adidas on how they can enter the NFT space in a way that feels authentic. Now I was aware I was aware this sort of was, was, was happening, and a few weeks back Adidas released something called a, a POAP, a proof of attendance protocol, which basically gave holders of this POAP early access into what they did next with with this sort of web3 nft space and that was to release their own their own nft and it was pretty cool um they had 30,000 nfts were up for grabs and the way they did it was that the first 20,000 were available for early access holders so holders of both the POAPs, but also uh, holders of, uh, I think it was Bored Ape Yacht Club, uh, people that already held a Bored Ape, or also uh, the Mutant Apes as well, which I think they've also done. And then the remaining 10,000 will be available for general release. Now, unfortunately, when I heard about the POAP, I just missed out and I wasn't able to get one of them. So if I wanted to get involved in this NFT, I would have had to have just got from the the 10,000 allocation for the general release. And the plan was to release them all at um, 0.2 ETH or Ethereum, which is around £600-$800-ish. But this NFT wasn't just like an image or a JPEG. It actually came with its own special features or utility, as they call it in the NFT space. So NFT buyers wouldn't only just get access to the NFT itself, but they'd also get access to digital and physical Adidas products and experiences. Now, at first, 
the physical goods, and I think Adidas said this would come later on in 2022, would include the tracksuit worn by Indigo Hertz, their board ape, the yellow and indigo tracksuit, a hoodie with um, a blockchain, uh, blockchain address on it, and also the logos of the Board 8 Yacht Club, Adidas, G-Money, etc., to, to sort of show the collaboration, and an orange beanie, which represents the beanie worn by G-Money's avatar. So I was excited by this for a couple of reasons. Now, a few of you may, may know that my, my background is was working for Adidas, so I I knew sort of how these, these launches of Adidas go down and how popular they are. And I do think there's this sort of cultural merge of both NFTs and, I guess, streetwear culture colliding, which is quite interesting. So I was excited for this. Also, I was excited because it was Adidas's first real step into the NFT world. And the fact that it was limited to 30,000, which 30,000 obviously sounds quite a lot, but for a global company, it's it's not that many. And certainly when I look back at when they used to release exclusive trainers and products, actually 30,000 isn't really a huge amount when there's there's that much demand around the globe. Um, so I was also interested not just by the NFT itself, but then the product off the back of it, because next year when they release the product, and that will come at no, no available cost to the NFT holders, that that product will also have a high resale value as well on the secondary markets. So from a wealth perspective, this was an opportunity. And I... I did flag this on my Instagram of the day of the release, not as financial advice, of course, that's what I don't give, but I've always tried to be honest with people and listeners of the Wealth Journal that if I'm doing something, I'll just try and share that with everybody else so then they can also make their decisions on whether that's something that they want to get involved in as well. But I do, I did feel that this was, this was a good opportunity, potentially. So I did ask, uh, plan to release them, well, the Friday just gone. So the result was obviously the initial cost was to Ethereum, so around $800. And basically, all the 20,000 early access NFTs sold out over the course of an hour. They had a, they had a slight problem initially, um, but that's, I guess that's the short story. And then on the secondary, um, the secondary release, so the, the, public, the public release, the, the remaining 10,000 pretty much sold out in, in seconds. Now, in terms of growing your wealth, obviously there's going to be value in the NFT. So at the moment, they were, they were selling on the early release for 800 At the moment, now they've all been sold out, they are being listed again on the secondary market. They're selling for around about 0.78 Ethereum, which is about $3,200. So that is a very easy profit of $2,400 if you could have got one of them early access NFTs. So pretty, pretty cool. And of course, then the future product that, that might be available off the back of it could also have quite high value because, again, that would be limited. And let's face it, flipping sneakers over the last few years has become a legitimate business and an income source for many people. Getting hold of limited quantities of, of high-poor branded products and then selling it on the secondary market has has been a business for people. People have made a living from that. And actually, recently in Manchester, um, a physical reseller store um, recently opened called Kreps Locker. Um, and traditionally, this was all done online, but now we're having physical retail spaces do this job. So, yeah, it sort of made sense for Adidas to get into this space. And for me personally, I was actually planning on selling mine for a quick buck. I actually wanted to, to get the Adidas NFT. I'm a fan of the brand. Obviously, I worked there for many years. Um, and 
I was keen on getting my hands on some of the, some of the products. Those of you that know me will know that I would look good in a yellow tracksuit with with indigo stripes, and and I would look good wearing or, wearing an orange beanie. I think we all know this. So I was very much keen to get my hands on hands on the product as well. So you're probably all wondering, did I manage to get myself an Adidas NFT? Drum roll, please. Well, no, <laughs> I didn't. First of all, I missed out on the POAP, as I explained. That was the easiest way to get them. And then the general release was crazy. They pretty much sold out in seconds. And I was there late at night. The The, the, the launch of the general release got pushed back uh, quite a few hours, actually, because they had a few issues. Obviously, everyone wanted one. The system was overload. Anyway, at about 11 o'clock at night, I was there on my laptop waiting. Bang. Here we go. Refresh the screen connected my wallet, tried to get them, and it was, it was, I had to refresh it a few times, try again, try again, then finally it connected. The transaction started to go through. I got the sort of circling, loading wheels, if to say, we're working on it, we're working on it, and then next thing, it said, congratulations, all the NFTs have gone, have, have gone, but you've managed to mint one NFT. I was like, amazing, I've done it, I've got one. Seconds later, however, my wallet sent me a message to say the transaction had been failed, cancelled. However, I still lost $90 in the gas fees, in the transaction fees, but yet I didn't get anything. It was a disaster. And at the time, I actually thought I lost a lot more in the gas fees, but it was only really around $90. And there were people out there that lost a lot more money. So imagine that. Imagine queuing up for um, maybe a, a sneaker launch at Adidas stores, and then as you get to the front of the queue, the, the, the they say, "Yeah, you can come in and buy the trains, but we want a hundred pounds off you before you come in." Okay, no worries. There you go. And then you go in. Oh, sorry, they're all sold out. All oh, right. Okay, no worries. Um, can I get my hundred pounds back? <laughs> no, sorry, that was just your entry fee to get into the building. You'll have to. You'll have to just go home without it. That's that's pretty much how people. A lot of people probably felt by by the launch. So some people, many people missed out. Um, people that were very close, a little bit like me, lost their transaction fee. And as a result, there was quite a bit of a bit of hate on Twitter about this. And I can understand why people are mad. And don't get me wrong, I, I was gutted as well. But these things happen. And here are my takeaways. So for Ethereum to work, we have to pay, you have to pay gas or transaction fees. To, to help the Ethereum network, the network of computers that verify all the transactions, uh, which solve the, the double spend problem of crypto and also allows for decentralization. It's just the way, it's the way it works. And this was something new and exciting. Adidas's first big foray into the, into the NFT world. And honestly, I think Adidas um, took a big step forward with this, a big step into the unknown. And, no doubt they, they learn a lot from it. But like anything, that can come with its problems. And everyone trying to meet mint the same NFT all at the same time clearly overloaded the network and the amount of people trying to do it. In the end, there wasn't the the amount of NFTs on the other side to, to pair with the amount of people that were trying to basically trying to get them. So quite a few eventually failed. I was obviously one of the really unlucky ones where I got told on the Adidas website I'd, I'd succeeded only for the transaction to fail then seconds later, just after I'd begun to celebrate around my my living room. <laughs> anyway, but because I've learned quite a, a lot about crypto the last few almost 18 months, 
I knew this was possible. I know how crypto works. And although this is unfortunate, and I do feel for people who, who probably jumped into the crypto space for the first time um, to buy this Adidas NFT, I do feel sorry for them because they probably got burnt a little bit on, on the gas fees and not being able to get their, their NFT or, or even a refund on their gas fees because Ethereum did their job. Adidas did their job. It, it's not like it was either one of them's fault in my in my opinion. Now, overall, I think the impact on Adidas from a long-term point of view is, is a positive one. It's very exciting. And in the short term, people will be pissed off. I get that. But for many years, people were always pissed off. <laughs> Let's face it. During the launches of, of Yeezy, you know, Kanye West line of tra- trainers, every, every month or week, whenever they came out, there was always people pissed off that they didn't get a pair. And there was always those people who got more pairs than other people. They managed just to snag more. There was bots out there that managed to get tons. Um, the, the resellers always managed to get their hands on them. And it almost felt like the everyday consumer did struggle to just legitimately win a pair. And that's just how it was. There's, there's people out there. And when there's money involved, they play the system very well. The only difference here is that people actually lost money and didn't receive anything. Usually when you queue up for a pair of Yeezys, if they're all sold out, you just go home. But obviously with this with this situation, people lost money as well. So and and those that are new to the space will mo- most likely blame Adidas for that. So where does this leave crypto and the blockchain technology? Um and could issues like this impact mass adoption? Well, I guess in the short term, yes, I think it might put some people off events like these and particularly these events where there is huge demand for a certain release and I might even think twice about doing it again next time and yet there are issues in the space I think everybody can acknowledge that particularly Ethereum themselves and they are due to have an upgrade next year which I think will address a lot of the problems that we saw with the Adidas launch They're calling it Ethereum 2.0, and it should, in theory, be a lot faster and have much lower gas fees. And therefore, if the gas fees are much lower, you might potentially take a little bit more of a chance on on getting some of these NFTs. But if you can potentially lose, I mean, I lost $90. There's stories of people losing $300 trying to to buy these NFTs. So I can imagine they'll be pretty pretty pissed. Um, But I guess it comes with the territory. Anyway... (laughs) That event essentially then just, (laughs) I don't know what happened. It sparked off a bit of an NFT craze in my head. I'd already transferred some money from my my wallet into my my NFT wallet, if you like, my MetaMask wallet. I'll go through that a little bit more um, on on another point of this week. But I already had some money then that I'd set aside for NFTs, mainly for the Adidas NFT. And then over the weekend, I did get a little bit deep in the world of NFTs and decided that I would actually continue to to look for some NFTs to buy this time round. And this is where it, it was a bit of a crazy week because I'd, I'd, I didn't want to invest. And then this Adidas opportunity popped up. I didn't get it. And yet, for some reason, I just continued to, to shop around because I just wanted to get an NFT in the end. And, you know, I've, I've preached on the Wealth Journal about having a strategy and sticking to it. And I think that pretty much went out the window. And I'm just trying to be honest because... Yeah, we're all human here and we all we all make mistakes. So I went way off course when it came to my strategy last week and I ended up buying two NFTs. So that brings me to the second point in my wealth journal this week. How do you go about buying and finding NFTs? 
Well, I know I've talked about NFTs a couple of times on previous episodes of the podcast, but I haven't really delved into how you actually go about buying an NFT. So for me, where I begin is, first of all, NFTs NFTs are assets, they're digital assets. So you've got to think of them in some ways very much as an, as an investment in the same way that you would buy stocks and shares. It's important that you do your own research and make sure you're buying something that you're comfortable with and you understand. But when it comes to NFTs as well, there's that added aspect of, of emotion because a lot of NFTs are generally based around creators or pieces of art or music, things like that. So my first recommendation when when buying NFTs is, is try and just start small. If you're diving into some of these big NFT projects, there's a, there's a huge amount of risk, the, probably more so than buying buying stocks and shares in some cases. And the market has been massive these last, well, certainly in, in 2021, it's been the year of the NFTs. So there might potentially be a lot of sort of froth in the NFT marketplace. So just one thing to be aware of. But when it comes to buying your NFTs, treat it like you're putting up a picture of art in your house. Buy something that you actually like, that you actually might want. And yet you might argue there's no real use case for, for an NFT. It's just an image. You could you could right click and save that image on your on your laptop if you wanted to. Yeah, technically you could do that. But in theory, well, it, you don't own that piece of art in that case. So you are actually buying a piece of artwork. And then with that artwork, in most cases, you can do whatever you want with it. You can print it out and put it up in your household. You can frame it. You can then save it to your phone as your background or some people use them as their profile pictures on their social media posts. And nobody can then dispute that you own that. Yes, somebody can copy that image you know, in the same way that I could take a photo of a, of a Banksy uh, image and, and, and put that up in my house. But nobody, you know, they know I don't own that piece of artwork. But with NFTs, you can actually buy it and, and own it. And yes, you can distribute it uh, further than that. But I do recommend you actually buy something you like to begin with. The next step is also trying to find some of the some of the best NFT pieces then from an investment point of view. And I'll give you just some of my, my top tips. Now, first of all, when it comes to searching for NFTs, I reckon I recommend that you use the marketplace OpenSea. I've mentioned them in the past. They're a little bit like the eBay for the NFT world. On there, you have products that you can buy now. You have auctions. You can sell NFTs on there through uh, buy nows or auctions as well. So I recommend you check out OpenSea. Now, in terms of just the details of buying an NFT, you're going to obviously, for OpenSea, need some Ethereum. And you'll have to buy some Ethereum from from one of the exchanges that I've spoken about on the past on the podcast, whether it be SwissBorg or Coinbase. And then transfer some Ethereum into a wallet. And for OpenSea, I would recommend using a MetaMask wallet. You can download the MetaMask wallet through your browser. You can also get MetaMask wallet on your on your phone through an application. But really, I find that the easiest way is to try and do this on an internet browser, not through your not through your phone. Um, and you can easily you can easily do that. And then what you want to do is get your Ethereum and send it to your MetaMask wallet using the the send button or the receive button that you can see you can get the uh, you can get the wallet address from the receive button on your metamask wallet and make sure you then send it over to to your metamask wallet of course double check that you're sending it to the right wallet that is key because you won't be able to get it back and then you'll have some ethereum in your metamask wallet which you can then use to buy nfts so when it comes to searching for the nft projects first of all try and find something that you actually actually like that you would like to own 
The next step is just to do a little bit of research. If you are buying it from an investment point of view, try and learn a little bit about the artist that has actually created the, the NFT collection. Do they have a big following? First of all, check their Twitter page. And Twitter is the, the home of the OG NFT world. That's where it all happens on Twitter. So check out the artist. Do they have a decent following? Um, do, do you know them? Um, that's that's pretty much a, a good way. Are they engaged on Twitter? That's probably a good way to start. And then you'll also try and... And then another good thing is then check if the NFT project has a Discord channel. Now, Discord is a little bit like Slack or Microsoft Teams, but specifically for that, that certain project or artist. And on the Discord, there'll be a number of members in the Discord. So it's worth checking out how many members of the Discord that, that is that there is there. So, And for me... I'm looking for these artists that have decent followings, you know, a few thousand. Uh, same with the Discord group, you know, a few thousand active members. And then looking to see if the, the the founders of the project or the artists themselves are very active on the Discord groups. A Discord is very much like, um, yeah, like I said, it's like a Slack or a Teams. But within that, there's there's multiple sort of group chats going on, whether there'll be um, just a general chat, there'll be announcements from the creators or the artists things like that so just to have a have a look see what's going on see what people are talking about um see if it's just a very engaged community that are that are talking about they are ultimately you're finding like-minded people that enjoy this nft project as well so just find out what they're talking about and um, there might also be a roadmap about the NFT project on there as well in terms of well, the first stage might be to release 5,000 NFTs. The next stage might be to buy some uh, land in the metaverse to then create, uh, I don't know, exper- virtual experiences for holders of the NFTs. There might be plans to do a collaboration with a certain brand. Have a look at the roadmap and see if it, if it looks quite exciting. And then the other part is just more from the the economics of the NFTs as well, really, again, from an investment point of view. Now, with an NFT, obviously, the artist is essentially trying to leverage their community to just bring value to their, their pieces of art. So if I was to look at an NFT project that had only maybe a launch of only a handful of NFTs, let's say it's just five NFTs, then there's only really going to be a community of five people that are being built around these NFTs. Now, don't get me wrong, that's great for a very popular artist already, but if it's a fairly new artist, I'm actually looking for projects that maybe have around five to 10,000 NFTs because that creates five to 10,000 active community members that are going to have a stake in the game in building the NFT. Uh, the NFT up, they're going to try and just generate hype and by doing that, they'll help fuel the demand for the for the NFT. So I'm looking for NFT projects can, that can build a real community around around the nft but yeah like i said don't get me wrong this isn't a hard and fast hard and fast rule it's just something that i potentially look for and yeah let's say for example banksy released two nfts then obviously somebody like banksy is going to have a huge following anyway and they'll do incredibly well so it's just again it's like i said it's not it's not a hard and fast rule but just take that into account so i'm looking for projects that do have a decent number of nfts so then when it comes to actually trying to buy your first NFTs, and especially from an investment point of view, what you want to try and do is that through the Discord channel, and if it's if you've picked up on a project that maybe hasn't officially launched yet, is you ideally want to try and get on the whitelist and essentially get early access to the NFT before they go on public, public sale. Very much like the 
Adidas example that I gave earlier. Those with the early access are more likely to get the NFTs at the cheapest price before they go on the secondary or general release market. So really what you want to do is look for projects that haven't potentially haven't launched yet. And there are a few ways you can do that. There's a website called Rarity Tools, and I'll put the link in the description, where you can look at upcoming NFT projects. And if you search for them, have a look on Twitter, find out if they've got a Discord group, try and uh, join the Discord, and then see if they're at that stage yet where they've been able to sort of create a whitelist. And usually there's a there's a time associated with how long they'll they'll sort of accept people onto the whitelist. The whitelist then might eventually close, but it doesn't mean always you've missed out on the opportunity, but I think that's where the biggest gains can be made. And some of the most popular NFT projects that we've seen out there have enabled people to buy the NFT quite early on for maybe a couple of hundred, hundred pounds, and they're now worth tens of thousands of pounds. So getting in early is key. So yeah, try and find those whitelists. And they'd be, the, they'd be my main sort of key things, really. First of all, find something that you like. Check the actual NFT project itself. Does it have a big community associated with it? Is the is the artist sort of um, got a good following on Twitter? Have a look at the Discord group. And then also see if you can obtain early access on, on their whitelist. And they'll be, they're, they're sort of my, my key takeaways. And I guess the final point in my wealth journal this week is what NFTs did I end up actually buying? So upon missing out on the Adidas NFT launch, to cheer myself up, I decided to then buy my first NFT. And my approach with with this, and I do recommend this to, to the listeners of the podcast, is that you buy, you just go and buy an NFT. You know, don't worry about its, its value, its future price potential, but just have a go at buying an NFT. Find something cheap, find something that you like, and just buy it. Just go through the process of transferring Ethereum into your MetaMask wallet, having a look on OpenSea, um, and buying an NFT. You know, just, just a practice run for when one day you might want to buy an NFT you really like and is maybe a little bit more expensive. So I bought my first NFT. I bought an Ethereal NFT, which are these like spooky, spooky ghosts. Again, they've got a, a large following on Twitter. They've got a big Discord channel. I joined that. I had a chat with a few of them. And one thing I will say about the NFT space is that when you get on Discord and you speak to uh, other people involved in the in the various channels that you can be a part of, everyone is, is really helpful in this space. Don't get me wrong, there's always a few sort of um, idiots out there. But on the whole, especially if you're new in the space and you want advice, everyone is is really, really helpful and really nice. So be sure to check that out. So I bought an ethereal, a ghost. I'll, I'll post these on my on my Instagram over the next sort of week or so so you can, you can have a look of what I managed to, uh, to get. The other one was JPEG People by an artist called Debbie T. And this was quite a cool one. There's sort of like these... Um, quite playful um, people. And the concept behind this NFT was that it allowed early minters the ability to post their own messages within the NFT. So these little people had speech bubbles above their head and they could, you could, um, on the minting process, so the creation of each NFT, you could put your own message in them before it went to, to mint. It was actually quite a, quite a cool concept and I think it was fairly fairly new to the NFT space. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I just quite liked the images. So again, something that I quite liked and I decided to buy one of them. So I went from not owning any any NFTs at the going into the weekend to then ending the weekend with two of my very own NFTs. 
So there we go. That was that was my week. It was uh, yeah, a little bit a little bit crazy in the NFT world. Um, reminded me of the the good old days trying to snag a pair of Yeezys. That that stress. I did not enjoy that part. A uh, bit of a roller coaster. So I might be staying clear of some of them launches in the future, but never say never. And that was pretty much it for my wealth journal this week. So obviously very much NFT focused, but that's that's just what happened this week. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I did keep a bit of a close eye on the stock market. There was quite a lot of, um, well, there's quite a, quite a bit of uncertainty going on with the Omicron variant. We saw a huge dip in on Monday. The markets were down quite a bit. And I just thought of it of the as the, the Boxing Day sales happened a little bit early on the stock markets, to be honest. So, essentially an opportunity i didn't actually invest in the stock market because i just had that i'd had the weekend i had um but yeah like like harrods they uh they started the sale a little bit early and i think i think we've seen a, a slight recovery just before i recorded this podcast but i know there's there's that uncertainty around around omicron interested to see what will happen in 2022 where the markets will can continue to go where crypto will continue to go there's there's huge predictions out there but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I might give you um, some of my predictions in next week's podcast just before we close out 2021. And yeah, that's it for this week. Of course, as always, please reach out to me if you've got any any questions or any messages about the podcast, any feedback. I'm always I'm always welcome. Um, I, I will try and be a little bit, again, I keep saying I'll try and be a bit more active on social media. Just It's difficult to find the time. Uh, especially when I've just got to try and record a podcast each week. So, but I will, I will keep trying. And as always, if you can recommend the podcast to somebody, whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on, whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, or something else, like, follow, subscribe, whatever, whatever it is you have to do on the podcast to, to sort of do that, then please do. It helps me um, improve the rankings of the podcast, which is great. So, I really appreciate if you can do that. And of course, just tell a friend, a family member about the podcast, help pass it on. And hopefully they can join me on my journey towards towards wealth and, and learn with me as well. Um, 2022 is looking like a big year. I've already got some interviews now lined up, which is exciting. So I can't wait for them. I can't wait to share them with you, uh, the listener. And have a great Christmas, of course. Hopefully you get to enjoy it with your families and stay safe. And I will speak to you after Christmas. Have a good one. Take care and Merry Christmas.